today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Documents show that Trudeau's trip to India that received a ton of criticism cost upwards of $1.5 million. Did we get anything in return to justify the cost? Let's bring in Christo Abali, Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council, fellow, postdoctoral fellow in history at the University of Toronto. Christo is with us now. Christo, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we get into uh, the situation in India and so on and so forth, uh, your thoughts on uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's reaction to what is happening south of the border. Obviously, we saw the dust up at the G7 and the issue in regard to tariffs and so on and so forth. Uh, but now uh, it appears, especially with the situation in regard to the border uh, along Mexico and the United States. It appeared for a couple of days world leaders were kind of mum. Now they're speaking up about it. Your thoughts on how the Prime Minister handled all this? I mean, I think, you know, I, I think he could have handled it better. I think the reality is that, you know, this is pretty heinous. And a lot of the arguments are that, well, you know, Canada's words won't mean anything or will endanger the trade relationship. And, and from my perspective, Trudeau, since Trump's election, has been, you know, rather conciliatory towards the president trying to praise him, taking Ivanka to the, basically on chaperoning her to the theater, doing all of those things, and it's gotten us really nowhere. And so, to me, it was very disappointing to have the Prime Minister kind of sit on his hands for for days while this happened. And, you know, the real leadership came from the NDP uh, caucus really calling for for, for change here. And and Trudeau, you know, I think bowing to public pressure, bowing to... Uh, you know, uh, probably pe- maybe voices within his own party, but primarily to the New Democrats, people like Jenny Kwan, Jagmeet Singh, Tracy Ramsey, Don Davies. These are the people who are leading the charge for human rights in this country, and the prime minister uh, has been on the sidelines. It's it's unfortunate, but it's good he's starting to make a bit of a move uh, towards acknowledging the, the human rights violations we're seeing. All of that sounds great, Christo, if you've got a person with some common sense at the other end of the phone, but it doesn't appear that that is the case. Does it pay to speak up against someone like this guy? I mean, especially on issues surrounding domestic uh, affairs. Well, you know, we're talking about human rights. Trudeau, you know, a few few days ago, there was a video circulating of him, you know, saying that he doesn't care if he has awkward conversations with other world leaders about human rights specifically talking about, you know, GLBTQ rights in some of the developing countries. And I think if the prime minister wants to lecture developing countries about their human rights abuses, then we should, if anything, be more stringent on our allies, you know, wealthy, established countries to uphold those rights because they have no excuse not to. And I think at the end of the day, you know, history will be the judge. Should we be appeasing this? And and in my view, uh, this is something that needs to happen. And as you said, you know, Trump's volatile. But again, Trump, despite the fact that Trudeau's done everything, I think, to try to, to, to tiptoe around Trump's attacks on human rights and whatnot, the reality is, is Trump still wants to take NAFTA down. He still wants to stick it to Canada. He's talking about how we're scuffing up our shoes to sneak them into Canada. So I think what else can you do but you know, stand up for human rights and let the chips fall where they may? So in other words, you don't think the nice guy, uh, nice guy approach is working? I, I don't. I don't think it is. I mean, you know, there's there, there's it's, there's a difference between you know being openly antagonistic in trade talks. I think you know with that, like like with any bargaining process, you want to you know keep a lot of that behind closed doors. I totally get it. But this is this is fundamental human rights. And Justin Trudeau has kind of always said, you know, he and his party believe in those human rights. They're the party of the charter. And you know, the reality is that you know certainly the Canadian charter charter doesn't apply to the United States. 
but its value should apply uh, to the conduct we have as, as a country that aspires to be a global leader. Do you think because Trump took a swipe uh, and took such a swipe at, at uh, Trudeau after the G7 that he sort of thought twice about it? I mean, maybe. That might have made it easier. You know, if, if coming out of that, things were more conciliatory, maybe that makes it trickier. But, but as you noted, it seems like Trump made, made you know, made a, not enemies, of course, but made, you know, didn't make any friends among any of the other G6 countries. And so it maybe became a little bit easier to take an alternative course. Whereas if, you know, say the G7 meeting kind of led to some new talks, there might have been increased worry about rocking the boat if they were on progress to something. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.